This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. And a shout out to our listener, Duke. He's He's been doing stuff like this for a while, but now the technology has evolved. He, he's been sending us pictures like of movie posters and old Photoshop Taz and Jim's heads, our heads, onto different celebrities' bodies. But now with these new apps... You don't have to do any work. You just got to put a picture in and they will put your face on a moving image, a talkie, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> put your face on a talkie. <laughs> and it, it, if you don't know, when you first start watching, you're like, what is this? And then you're like, oh my God, that's my head on Vin Diesel's body. Yeah. And it's one thing if it was just your head, you know, floating along on top of his body, but his mouth is moving and then your mouth opens up. It's yeah. it's so confusing. You saw this one, my my face on Vin Diesel, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs> hilarious. Should I do steroids? <laughs> I feel like I maybe I should. Is Couple that what I, is that what I would look like if I was Jack? Does it look like me? It it kinda you know, for some reason, it kind of looks like you plus Vin Diesel equals Fat Bill Burr. <laughs> it's kind of what it's giving me a vibe okay. of. <laughs> there's a couple moments like where it, it looks more Vin Diesel-ish, and then there's a couple moments where I'm like, oh my God, that is my face. Yeah. The one he did for you, though, is I think it's better because he chose Matthew McConaughey for you, Jim. Yeah. And you two have like a similar... Uh, body type and face shape mm-hmm. like you're both kind of slender guys yeah and you fit irish very well on matthew mcconaughey's body yeah it freaks me out like and people are saying it me plus matthew mcconaughey looks like owen wilson a little bit but, but you've been told you look like owen wilson your whole life yeah pretty much wonky nose and all but yeah it's 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 creepy man like uh, if you would have shown me this 10 years ago, I, honestly, I would have lost my mind. Now I'm getting kind of used to it. But where is it going to be 10 years from now? Yeah. Like so, somebody's going to die and we'll never know because their videos will keep coming out. And That's right. Be somebody else as an actor, but they just put their face over top of it. I'm just worried uh, about uh, the videos that come out of you and I in, in adult films. Yeah, those are definitely deep fakes. <laughs> For sure, not Especially us. Especially if we're in the same movie together. <laughs> Wow, look at look at this deep fake technology. I know it's on a VHS, but uh Hey, it, it'll be an excuse that people can use to get out of stuff, right? You won't 100%. be able to believe anything you see. Already with the internet, it's tough to believe anything that you you read or pictures that you see. You can't tell if a picture's real or if it's Photoshop. Yeah, it's like Kim Jong Il would still be the leader of North Korea, <laughs> you know? He hasn't died yet. Yeah, nobody would know. <laughs> but why is he in a car with Paul Walker is my question. <laughs> All the time. Why is Kim Jong <laughs> Cruising around in a tanker truck with Michelle Rodriguez. Come on now. And you know what, Jim? I do owe you an apology. What? Yeah. Turns out you were right. Seems like Ellen DeGeneres isn't as nice as we thought she was. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. You've been you've been touting this line for a couple of years now, you've heard speculation and rumor on the internet, various podcasts, where people have mentioned that Ellen comes across squeaky clean, yeah, a nice person on television, but behind the scenes, 
Different story. Yeah. Uh, comedians that I'm a fan of had written for her and said it's a nightmare. Uh, had always heard rumors. In fact, Taz, we interviewed two people who shall remain nameless that were on the Ellen show. And, and I asked them about Ellen if, and they kind of were like, yeah, she was kind of a little cold is how they put it, I think. But um, She's knew- a lot more friendly when the cameras are rolling. Yeah. And I always said it's because she's dancing. That's how I knew she was lying. The dancing is overcompensation for a terrible personality. <laughs> Does she have a terrible personality? Or this is why I, I had a hard time believing it because a lot of people can be disgruntled when they leave a job. And I know that people often have trouble taking accountability for their faults. So if if they couldn't hack it, if they didn't do a good job and they were let go then what are you going to do? You're going to leave when someone says, why did, why did you leave this job? Obviously, you're going to blame someone else. So I, I just figured that there was some people out there that may be a little bit disgruntled with Ellen. Mm-hmm. And, and also, it's not easy. You can't be nice all the time when you're running an operation like that, right? No, no, but it go, goes beyond nice. And I, she yeah. obviously has a good personality because she's a comedian and uh, you know an entertainer and on television. She's clearly very likable because of all of her success. Right. Well, you can't be happy and have that same energy all the time. It's impossible. Even even this show that we put probably a quarter of the effort as, as Ellen into. <laughs> it, like, we get exhausted from trying to be on every day. Yeah, right? yeah. But there's an epidemic of people in media who pretend to be super nice and then are absolutely nightmares behind the scenes. We're disgruntled on the air all the time. Like, we show yeah. our anger and stuff. And I think we're true to ourselves. I think it's the the fakeness and the Ellen show's mantra was be kind. It was always like Ellen, be kind. And then when you hear that she's, you know, you can't look her in the yeah, eyes. Yeah, like the crazy. Don't like, talk to Ellen unless it's necessary. Not only that, but her looking the other way when these, uh, you know, even sexual abuse allegations were coming. She clearly washed her hands of it. There is, there's just so much that she could have done that didn't do that. I think reflects poorly. Well, she sent out a big uh, note to her staff yesterday and informed them that they were going to be parting ways with three top executive producers, some of whom were accused of uh, improper conduct in the workplace. That that does include sexual uh, behavior, inappropriate behavior. Mm -hmm. So she's cut ties with them. She promoted DJ Twitch who's the DJ that's on the show with her. He's become a co-executive producer. Andy is still around. Average Andy. Which one's that? He's the guy, he's the producer who's always on screen with her. I never right? watch the show. You've never seen it? I've seen it, but I don't remember that guy. Average Andy's the guy she sends through like the haunted houses. He gets scared easily. And there's a segment they do where he tries to do different things. I know I saw one where he was skating with the LA Kings but he's not very good at it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, if you watch Ellen, you know who Andy is. Andy has not been fired, but three of the top executive producers have been fired. Apparently, Ellen, when she addressed the staff, uh, was crying. I, it's always tough when someone's an actress to know, you know, oh, wow, they're crying, uh, but they're also an actor. And it's also easy to cry after the fact when you've been busted and caught. Uh-huh. I'm so sorry that I got caught. Uh, but have you heard anything else? Like, is there anything that... It sounds like Ellen just isn't as nice as we thought she was. It doesn't sound like she was doing personally doing anything 
terrible that would warrant her having her show taken away. Yeah, I mean, well, it depends if she was ignoring some of these allegations uh, of her of her executive branch of her show. I, th- I think that's. You know, but but David Letterman is also notoriously hard to work for, an old grouch, and he is a legend, you know? Um, you, you can't make everybody happy in the workplace, and there are people who are going to fail, and they are going to blame you for their failures in that uh, in that situation. It's just how it goes. And, and watching this Michael Jordan documentary, too, you know, a lot of greatness, which her show, I mean, it's got ratings, she makes a ton of money, there, there's greatness in the show. You gotta ride people hard, and you have to yes. set your expectations high. How many people said that Michael Jack- Michael Jordan was the biggest jerk that they, they ever played basketball with, but they wouldn't have won the championships if they, he didn't ride them as hard as he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but at least, you know, he he, he kind of owned it, though. I mean, I guess he had his public persona, which was nice, and he's eating a burger and drinking a Coke and stuff like that, Hanging but everybody knew Bugs how Bunny. intense he was. I think it's it's the fakeness, I think, that really rubs people the wrong way. Okay, well, that being said, Jim, it's time to dance on the Taz <laughs> and Jim show. We're happy all the time. Yeah. Oh, geez, I guess I should have contexted this before I broke into the Golden Girls theme song. <laughs> Betty White is okay, everyone. Oh, thank God. Betty White is fine. I want to tell you about the Golden Girls house, though. Brentwood area of Los Angeles, the house that was used for the exterior shots on the show Golden Girls. So the house that the ladies lived in, kind of like a pink-looking like a bungalow, right? Yeah, like a one level. It looks it looks old fashioned from outside, but if you see inside, it's really nice. It just sold for four million dollars, which is one million dollars over the asking price. Oh my god! Yeah, that's pretty standard, I think, for for houses these days in Hamilton and in London, Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> they never go for the asking price anymore. Yeah. So should we go a million dollars over asking? That's <laughs> still twenty five percent, regardless of the final number. Twenty five percent over. Yeah, that's huge. Holy! There was a bidding war. Twenty offers in fourteen days, and. There's speculation that maybe it was uh, HGTV because they did the same thing when the Brady Bunch house went up for sale a while ago. Remember that? I don't. What'd they do? They they made a show about it. So they, mm. they took the Brady Bunch house that was used for the exterior shots on the sitcom, and then they took the cast of the Brady Bunch and had them renovate the inside of the house and make it look like the set so they made the outside of the house match the inside of the house from what we all perceived it to look like from watching the tv show i can't wait to see betty white haul a bundle of shingles up a ladder (laughs) help out (laughs) yeah hey betty (laughs) can you grab the sawzall out of the truck get me an extension cord you got her bud (laughs) (laughs) is she the only one left uh well, R.I.P. B. She was the other most famous one that ever. B. Arthur. Sophia. Okay, who's left of the golden? I, th- I think it's just Betty White. 
Yeah, Leslie Nielsen was on that show a couple times. Was I remember really? that. Yeah, Frank Drebin from Naked Gun. Canadian National Treasure. I say, who's left of the Golden Girls? It's not popping anything up here. Betty White is the only living Betty Golden White. Girl. Oh, man. So she's going to have to do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> she has nobody to share the load there. Oh, man. Yeah, $4 million for the Golden Girls house. $1 million over asking price. So if anyone ever knocks on your door... And they say, hey, uh, we're making a new sitcom. Can we use your house as the exterior for the, uh, for the show? Say yes. Yeah. Maybe annoying if, if fans are taking pictures outside, but in the long run, it'll pay off for you. <laughs> hey, uh, we've got the mayor of Hamilton joining us, Fred Eisenberger. We want to find out how he's feeling about the shade that got thrown his way from uh, Premier Doug Ford. Friday's press conference, Dougie started talking about uh, all the tickets that have been handed out to people who have been caught drinking beer in public over the past few months, and this was his response. I don't agree at this point about ticketing. We, we passed that legislation. We left it up to municipalities. If someone, you know, someone and their buddy wants to go have a beer out, out in the park and, and they're responsible, the problem I have is, when, as I've said in the past, a whole bunch of yahoos, a thousand people are getting out there going wild. That's a whole different scenario. But I, I can't agree with I, I can't agree with giving someone a ticket during COVID and they're stuck in an apartment. They want to be responsible. They stick to themselves. They're quiet, and and they have a cold beer. Like, give us a break. Just a little bit of a break. The people of Hamilton. I got to stick up for you here. Like, which I always do, by the way. But you know, give. They got to be more flexible. Everyone needs a little bit of breathing space and. Go out there, and again, if you're responsible, and a few of you are sitting down there, and you want to have a little glass of wine or a can of beer, big deal. Who cares? Like, if you if you aren't rowdy, you know what, what's the difference, Randy, between you know uh, they're they're making it legal to go out and, and smoke a joint, a doobie, a, a reef, or whatever the heck they call it nowadays. Um, I, I wouldn't want my kids walking by with a bunch of guys smoking uh, cannabis or marijuana. But if a couple of guys are sitting there quietly on a picnic bench having a cold little beer, who cares? Like, honestly, uh, just it's no big deal. I, I, that's just my personal opinion. Hamil Hamilton, they'll do what they want, but i got to protect the people of Hamilton. Doug Ford putting it right back in the lap of the city of Hamilton. We've got a call on the Taz and Jim hotline here. I think it might be Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Good morning, it's Taz and Jim. Good morning, it's Fred Eisenberger. Good morning, Fred. We are live on the air right now. Okay. And we were just talking about uh, uh, the Premier slamming Hamilton and you because there have been 369 public drinking-related tickets handed out between March 12th and July 31st by Hamilton police. Is is that a higher number than usual, Fred? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I talked to the chief last night. He wasn't sure either. So comparatively speaking, uh, so I don't know, but I do know that, uh, alcohol and, uh, and substance abuse in terms of alcohol is, uh, is off the charts. So, uh, not a surprise that, uh, there are many instances and I'll let the police explain all the variances where uh, people can get charged for, uh, you know, drinking, uh, in public places, especially if they're creating a nuisance. 
you know, what the police aren't after and what the act isn't after is, uh, you know, the family barbecue at the beach or the park uh, and people are enjoying a quiet beer or a glass of wine. Uh, that isn't going to be cause for anyone getting a ticket. Uh, it's more about uh, the beer bash or, you know, someone, you know, flagrantly walking on the street being a nuisance and uh, having an open bottle of liquor or somebody driving and, uh, and having open liquor in the vehicle. All of those are reasons why... Uh, someone would get a ticket for uh, alcohol consumption. Yeah, you could really drive up the numbers just with one beer bash. Cops show up, they could give out 15, 20 tickets mm-hmm. easily in, in one uh, session. Yeah, you know what? I mean, people have to remember that uh, our largest uh, uh, substance abuse uh, issue is with alcohol. Uh, it's off the chart. So if, I'm, uh, you know, if I stand up and I'm the, I'm the, uh, the chart, uh, you know, uh, marijuana is, uh, you know, barely grazing my ankles in terms of problems. Uh, fentanyl is, uh, you know, up and around my thighs, and I'm holding my hand over my head. I'm six feet tall. Uh, <laughs> alcohol is that much of a problem in, in, in terms of uh, domestic issues, in terms of uh, 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 issues around uh, abuse, uh, health issues, uh, obviously hospitalization, and, you know, a vast majority of the police issues are alcohol-related issues. So, for me, uh, you know, allowing for people to drink whenever, wherever, uh, just doesn't make any sense given those problems. Were you su- surprised to hear Doug Ford's comments in his press conference last week where he basically dumped and put it right in, in City Council in Hamilton and in and, and your lap saying that this is your fault that these people are getting these tickets? Uh, yeah, I was surprised, but you know what? Uh, you know, we uh, we often uh, get caught unawares by media on you know issues that we may not be fully informed on. Uh, I am informed now that uh, apparently they are passing legislation that would allow municipalities to uh, create a bylaw to uh, to change the act and allow for uh, drinking in public spaces or public parks. Uh, I think personally, it's the, uh, absolutely the wrong thing to do. We could now have potentially a dog's breast breakfast of policies across the province. Uh, you know, Hamilton does it one way, Burlington does it another, Mississauga another. Uh, so far, the uh, the provincial uh, uh, liquor control act is the one that uh, gives authority to the police to uh, to lay charges and fines. Uh, I, I think that works right across the province, and uh, it should stay that way. So I can't imagine our city council. You know, you know, changing the rules around that, uh, making it uh, easier for people to drink, uh, given that we know that uh, alcohol is such a big, big problem for the uh, for, for people in our community. Well, if you're allowed to drink as much as you want at, at the beach, just imagine all the pool floaties that are going to be going out into Lake Ontario <laughs> that will have to be rescued by Hamilton. You, mean, uh, you know, a pink, pink flamingo uh, in That's the middle right. of the bed without life jackets on, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, people do uh, people do strange and bizarre things, and you know, in many instances, harmful things uh, when when alcohol is involved. Uh, that doesn't mean that uh, you know drug drug abuse and drug uh, substance abuse isn't a problem, and it is. Abuse of any kind is a problem, but uh, alcohol is way up there. And uh, you know, it, in terms of uh, you know re- relaxing the rules around uh, access to alcohol. Uh, and and uh, you know the ability to consume anywhere any anywhere anytime uh, you know it just doesn't make any sense to me given those uh, those statistics uh, we need to we need to get people to uh, do more responsible social drinking uh, most of the people in our community do but there are uh, again far too many that do not uh, you know traditionally you go to the beach you load up the cooler and you have a couple of brown pops uh, you know that's that's 
no one's going to go after anybody for that. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're abusing uh, others and you're being aggressive with others or you're abusing your family or your kids or your wife or whatever, uh, that's going to that's gonna cause you some problems and police are going to interact with that. You can follow us, Taz and Jim, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yesterday we posted this on Facebook. Got a text message from one of our listeners, and we, we knew that we'd get a good reaction from everybody because I think this is a common question in some relationships. Hey, guys, I chose to look at my husband's phone over a year ago. I found something that he said I read out of context, eye roll emoji. After that, he changed his password, and his phone is off limits to me. I feel he's hiding something, but he says the reason is I broke his trust and that's why I can't look at his phone. I think it's ridiculous that someone would be so secretive with their phone if they didn't have anything to hide. Now, what are the comments on that one, Jim? Uh, Lauren says, I'll pass my fiancé my phone to do something and vice versa. Never once have either of us wanted or felt the need to go through each other's phones. Not my business, what he says and who he says it to. Uh, Melanie says, I use my phone for work, so under no circumstances can my husband have my password. I also do not have the password to his phone. However, we trust each other and do not feel the need to check up on each other. Angela has a different opinion. She says, as someone who has dealt with this in the past, throw him in the trash. That's gaslighting. Besides, there doesn't appear to be any trust in the relationship to begin with. I wonder what she read out of context. That, well, it's... Clearly, a flirt with him and, an, and a coworker. I'm guessing, yeah, or something along those lines. Do you have a password uh, on your phone to keep Sarah out of there? I not to keep her out of there, but I have, I have a password, and I, I give her my phone all the time. Like, mostly, does she know your password? Yeah, yeah, mostly just to get her order on Uber Eats. <laughs> my wife and I have the same password. Me, same with me and my girlfriend too. Yeah, I and I don't know. Is there some stuff like? I, I guess there's some stuff my wife could read out of context if I'm joking around with you or some yeah, of my buddies, yeah. you know. I say some stuff that would make her shake her head, but there's nothing, obviously, that I'm worried about her seeing. Well, it's, it's scary. Now, if you ever hesitate, Taz, if your buddy sent you something filthy or dirty pictures, I don't even know. But now, if you have any hesitation, yeah. red flag city. Uh-huh. Hmm. And... uh and your search history is the other concern, I think. <laughs> yeah. On your browser. No, no, it's just my Amazon card. I don't want you to see your birthday gift. You can say that. Uh, Angela says, uh, or sorry, Chell says, both parties should be able to see each other's phones without hesitation. If you grab your spouse's phone and they panic, there's something in there a hundred percent. Oh boy. Here's one this is this is the stuff I like here. And Matthew says, My phone is a trigger because my ex-wife, she accused me of cheating for years. I woke up to her trying to use my face ID on me while I was sleeping. <laughs> oh no. I've seen people do that to people with their thumbprints too. Yeah, at least she didn't cut your thumb off <laughs> and try to get into your phone that way. Yeah. That would be yeah, that's almost like the modern day uh, scene from Goodfellas where Karen's sitting on top of Ray Liotta with the gun in his face. What a way to wake up. Your <laughs> wife sitting on top of you trying to trying to shine your, your phone on your face so she can log in. Yeah, this, this sums it up amazingly, Taz. These are two comments back to back. Jen says, he's cheating, period. Brian says, she's crazy, period. <laughs> boils down to that. Yeah, I guess it's not cut and dry. (laughs)
Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.